1: All right, my next guest uh, has been – hold on, let me pull up my text message because I tweeted out uh, my lineup for today. Uh, And, you know, for the most part, I don't hear from my dad on the weekends. He just hangs out. But he says, great lineup today with dad's favorite, Mike Catalana. And he says, the guy is as smooth as it gets. And I think that is about as as good of a compliment as you can get. So uh, has anyone ever called you smooth before, Mike? I would bet no.
2: No, that's not normally uh, a word I hear. But tell your dad I appreciate it. I'm gonna go with that nickname now. How's that? At, at my age now, I need a I need a nickname to take me uh, farther. I'm gonna say smooth. As, Works for me. That's
1: right. As smooth as it gets. That that that's a compliment worthy of uh, of at least at least considering a nickname change. That's for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Mike, I will. I will. It's been. Listen, it's been a little while since I've had you on. It's been um, a fairly eventful summer. Um, you over the last couple of weeks as well, um, reporting out a lot of the updates with the Bills Stadium. And I kind of want to start with you there. Um, you and I are going to be golfing a part of the Bills media tournament on Tuesday. We are. Uh, we are. We are. Group in the same foursome, so you're going to have a front row front row seat to the stripe show. Um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll 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 hear a little bit about your golf game to see to see just you know how how things are going to stack up on Tuesday. But like I said, I wanted to start with this Bill Stadium talk because I find it fascinating as a uh, as a guy that grew up in Hamburg, which is you know a, a town away from Orchard Park. That a lot of the initial reports, um, part of the reports that you were responsible for, um, coming out to say the Bills. They're looking at Orchard Park as the main site. What are your, you know, what was your sort of first reaction when you sort of heard the news that most of these talks and negotiations are centered around, you know, staying in Orchard Park?
2: Well, I can tell you this. I, you know, they look at a lot of things, and I was told this by the sources that we have that, you know, there are things they would like to do. Right? I mean, if you're this organization, you look into all of this. You're looking into downtown. You're looking into a dome, a retractable roof, all those things. Why not, right? This is the position you're in uh, when you're looking to build. But then there is (laughs) decisions that need to be made in western New York. And we would all like the best. Like, we would all like the greatest stadium. It would be fantastic. If you just dropped it in, you know, kept the prices that they are, (laughs) uh, people could still go. It would be awesome, right? It's like buying a house, right? We know what we'd want. And then we say, can we afford this? And it's not just for the Pagulas to afford. It's also for yep. Western New Yorkers to afford. And, look, what I'd like, I'd like a downtown stadium with a retractable roof and all those things. I've been to just about every stadium around the country. Yeah, there's pluses and minuses, but, you know, it's phenomenal when you see that. And I'd love it if there could be a ton of events in Western New York, you know, that would be for indoor concerts and shows and every other thing. But I kind of see where they're going here uh, in terms of what makes the most sense long-term for the franchise and for the people of Western New York. And those other things, while great, maybe put them in a price structure that wouldn't work as well for Bills fans.
1: Yeah, and and I wonder too, Mike, how much... This has really become a balancing act. If you're the Pagulas, right? Because I think in one on one hand, there is a level that you do need to satiate Roger Goodell in the NFL and saying that you know, listen, um, Highmark Stadium as it sits right now is not is you know one of the oldest and. Let's be frank. I mean, let's just be real with each other. It's one of the least impressive, um, you know, venues in all of the league. And you know, by building a new stadium to try to generate more revenue, that's what the NFL is looking for. So, if you are trying to satiate the league, you can do so by building a new stadium. But the other half of that. Has got to be Mike. Here is is new ways to generate revenue, and this has always been the argument about Buffalo in this market. Is they're just the corporate sponsorships. This isn't San Francisco, you know. This this isn't a big giant, you know, two and a half million person metro. So how do you? How do you make the case that that new stadium, if you're going to maybe potentially cut some corners? Now, I'm not saying cutting corners and trying to cut costs and, and you're going to go cheap on the stadium, but by cutting corners in going without the retractable roof and maybe sticking with a full outdoor stadium, is that going to generate the type of revenue that the league is really looking for them to build the stadium for in the first place?
2: That's a good point, but it is a balancing act. And I talked to some corporate sponsors, too. And they're like, look, we love doing this, and some have spent a lot of money with the bills, but there's a price point for them, too. Yep. And so when they looked at it, it, you know, it a couple of the ones I talked to um, do business in other markets, and they're like, we can't, we can't spend that money in New York. We can't spend that money in Philly, those bigger markets. So they know where they are, and if there was this whole other pile of corporate sponsors that could jump in and spend money, I think you might look at it differently. So when I say a balance. They'll go up. It'll be something to still be part of the stadium, and they can make it work. Not all of them, but many of them. They will bring in extra money. There is other ways to create revenue. But there's also, you know, the idea of not pricing yourself, Not like I said, not just out of the fans, but out of the sponsorships. And we know they're working with, you know, Jerry Jones' company and all other teams. I mean, it's, it's funny to see teams working, you know, in a way with Jerry Jones, but you understand why. I mean, it's really funny to see Washington working with the Cowboys. I mean, you know, it'd be like the Bills working with the Patriots. But, you know, this is business here. Business comes first for the owners. And Jerry Jones and that organization, they know how to maximize yeah. money. They're in Dallas. You know, they they got a lot more coming in. They understand the Buffalo market, and they will do, my guess would be, the best to try to maximize that within this size. So. Look, it would be exciting to say retractable roof, stadium, wherever you'd want it to be. But I don't know if they can get there and that it makes financial sense to do it. As disappointing as that is to a lot of people, I think, you know, once you get it built, you know, you'd be sitting there with those mortgage payments and trying to get help and going, what what did we do here?
1: I've got Mike Catalana joining me here on the Western Hotline. He is the sports director for 13 Wham and Fox Rochester. He's also the editor for BuffaloPlus.com. He uh, last week was one of um, one of our local, uh, you know, Rochester, Western New York uh, media members to break the news about the NFL stadium uh, updates here in Buffalo and kind of what the Bills are looking to do. So we're covering that now um, briefly here. And the other point too here, Mike, is I, I keep I keep wanting to go back to when Atlanta. You know, what was this six years ago now? Seven years ago now? They go and they build that unbelievable stadium, right? And they build this stadium, and it's in the heart of SEC country. And so they've got the dome. They were always a dome, anyways. But they're hosting the SEC championship game. They are hosting the Sugar Bowl. They're hosting, you know, all of the high school football in 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 um, in, in Georgia, and all of their state championships. They're hosting some of the biggest concerts in the in the country right there in that venue. So the extracurriculars make sense there in Atlanta with that metro. They're they're bringing some of the, the biggest acts to the city. The question I have with, with the argument about the Bills and going with the Dome and, and being able to create that quote-unquote convention center feel is if the Bills build a, a Dome or a retractable Dome... like. Do you do you believe the Bills could could go to the NFL and say like listen we're willing to potentially add that investment in here and create this but like does that get them a a Super Bowl like are they are they going to be in contention for a, or like are they going to get I don't know a MAC championship like my question is less about like hey it's a great concert venue awesome but the Bills stadium is a decent concert venue and they hold two concerts a year you know like I don't really view the idea of a convention center as logical here because I just don't think it's in a location that's really going to draw high-end college football, um, something where it makes sense, where you can get a couple of games a year, where you have eighty-plus thousand people outside of the Bill season.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, you you also have you don't have the hotel infrastructure for a lot of these events on a normal case. I mean, we've seen them go to smaller markets. I mean, it's a miserable experience. I went to Jacksonville for the Super Bowl, and and that's in Florida. Uh, but they didn't have the hotels to handle the Super Bowl. And that's a, you know, vacation destination right. type place. Remember, they had to bring in cruise ships. I mean, it's different. Um, that's not Buffalo. You know, we have NCAA tournaments. It's been great. Are you getting a regional final? Or are you getting the final four? I mean, I, you know, those type of things, when you say this, like you said, concert tours, but, you know, you know, are, are you, how many of them are going to be for, you know, that wouldn't go to the arena, that would go – 60000 plus, like, I I don't know, but to spend that money and then say, come to Buffalo, because while it's great that it's indoors, um, we all love Western New York, but like, you're talking about drawing people from all over the place to come to Western New York, as opposed to going to Atlanta or Dallas in those colder weather months and all the things that go with it. I think they've looked into that, too. Like, how many events make sense to do that? I mean, Jerry, that dome down there, not only when we went down for the game at Thanksgiving, but we did the whole tour of the place, which was incredible. Like we got the people from the Cowboys took us on sort of a personal tour, which was great. We did a story on it. But that building is busy. It's some insane amount of days a year. It's like being used like 200 and sometimes a year for different things. Like it's Dallas. I get it. Um, So that part, while great, uh, would be hard to justify. That you would bring those in now. I will say this: I do think, and part of what we reported on, <clears throat> excuse me, I talked about um, the way the stadium—it's would, not—it wouldn't be indoors because that's when the cost really jumps. Obviously, right. you make it an indoor facility, but it, I think it would be. And you know, I, I said at the time on our story, sort of how Miami's uh, yep. did their, you know, overhang, and it kind of got back to me the people and said, it's probably more like Seattle in terms of mm. more protection and those seats towards the top are the hardest to sell. I mean, even for Buffalo, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's sometimes you're sitting there looking. And I'm like, God bless those people. It's 22 <laughs> degrees and it's windy and it's cold. Right. But if a little protection would not be a bad thing and a little protection from the wind and all those things, you'd still be outside, but it would be a little bit better. Now I'm talking more football than I am other venues, but Miami did it because it's, you know, 90-some-odd degrees right. there the in the sun. summer, and right. it, it, the sun just beats you down. So those are things they have thought thought about. I think it also helps with crowd noise and all those other kind of things, too, because if you've been to Seattle, I mean, it's quite an experience to be in that stadium. Um, but those are things that, that I think would be part of it. But it's a big step. Once you close the doors, you're an indoor facility, and all the costs just go up. Uh, you know, They're talking $1.4 billion in terms of a new stadium. You know, it'll go up beyond yep. that. It goes closer to two. But for a dome, you're talking about now in this. as it goes up, I mean, you're talking probably close to another billion dollars over top of that. And I can tell you, I was also told renovating the Ralph Mark, was at least a billion dollars. And you've wow. been down there before. The biggest problem with that place, if you renovate the Ralph, it has no underneath infrastructure right like every other stadium i've been to and maybe fans don't you know see this but it is you know the way that place is yeah it's one tunnel not just for the teams. You know, everybody sort of gets the kick out of both teams go out the same place the the equipment the ambulances everything goes in one tunnel and to handle all the suites and everything to get food there to get other equipment there they don't have that it is it is, I don't know what you do. I don't know if you raise the place up and dig underneath. I don't know what you do, but basically every other stadium you walk in, you can go in from underneath and basically circle the place. And you can't do that in Orchard Park. And I think the cost to do that – and by the way, if they do that, for sure, they're not playing in that stadium while they're doing it. Right. I don't know where they are but they're out of there for two years.
1: I I think that's sort of the next phase to this conversation, but I before we even get to that, because I think that's an important point to, to touch on, is, is sort of what happens in waiting for if this lease that ends in 2023, if they don't get a temporary stay, or they figure out... I, I, that, that's the secondary question. Part of the reason, Mike, that I brought up Atlanta and their situation is, you know, they went out and they got the individual seat licenses, right? Like all these bigger stadiums, on top of owning season tickets and the cost of owning season tickets, they're now requiring fans to basically own the seat that they're sitting in and having to pay a pretty a pretty significant fee for that. And that's, that's one of the ways these stadiums and these teams are starting to generate the revenue that's necessary to sort of upkeep these stadiums and make the investment worth it. But I, the thing about Atlanta that I noticed is, you know, you go there and their concession prices are the lowest in the league. <laughs> so they're able to, they're making their money from the seat licenses and from season ticket holders, but they're not scorching them at the door. And I wonder if the Bills are going to go out this route and say, listen, we're going to build a new stadium. It's going to cost a billion dollars and taxpayers are going to be liable for upwards of at least half. Or I don't know what that's going to come out to be. Is there a way to like maybe fit, like, I don't think they can add seat licenses, raise season ticket costs, and also say, well, it's still going to be $9.50 for a soft pretzel. Like, eventually, this community, there's going to be, there has to be something that gives here. And I wonder where you think that give is.
2: I, I, I love the model that Atlanta did. And I also believe, you know, when you have that facility, now it's indoors and you know, when you have that facility, you know, people think, you think cost when you're going. Most people do it again. You know. A beer Two beers are costing me x when I'm at the game i it's expensive, and people spend they still spend, but they spend less than they would if it was certainly more reasonable i mean there are times if you you know you go up, you buy stuff for two, three, four people, and you know the cash register goes and you're <laughs> like. Okay, (laughs) you know, and you (laughs) take out a second mortgage. Yeah, (laughs) well, I mean, it really is. So Atlanta's gone that route. And I'm going to guess they realize they obviously sell a lot more in that stadium. I mean, it just makes it more affordable. I mean, it's 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 different. Yes, there's but this go all goes to the point you're making that. How many dollars can you take out of the pocket of, you know, people will always look and say, I don't go to the games, but my taxpayers are paying tax. I always think, well. Guess what? You live in New York, you help pay for Yankee Stadium, Madison yep. Square Garden, That's every right. other one. Whether you want to believe it or not, you do. It, they, you know, Yankee Stadium, all that infrastructure done through the state, you know, and the city, you know, whatever portion they say is, you know, personally financed or privately financed. So you're going to do that. But then even to the people that go and go all the time, how many dollars can you take out of their pockets? How much more enjoyable can you make the experience? If you make it more, re- we know it's not going to be cheap, but you make it more reasonable when you go there. So I think that all is going to play into it. Um, but they need, I mean, yes, upgrading the stadium would be great, but I really think if they're going to do this, they're going to go new. There's too many things to overcome on the current site, and that's what they'll end up doing.
1: Mike Catalana here on the Western Hotline. I think that's kind of the next phase of the conversation here um, when you start to look at what the team is going to do if they indeed decide to rebuild and keep it in Orchard Park, what does that mean for the current stadium, Mike? Does that mean it's yeah. demoed and, and and they're rebuilding from that land? Um, are they going to kick it across the street and then eventually demo that stadium and that be the parking lot? Like, how does that work? And I think the the big story here is, you know, Toronto and Penn State as being sort of the the quote unquote safe havens for the team to play for a year or potentially two as this new stadium is being built. So it's like. Like, is them staying at high note just totally out of the question while they're building this? Or, like, what 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 is sort of that scenario looking like?
2: I, I, I would look at it this way. I know people worry about, you know, would you get a lease done? What would happen over that period of time? Even, even building, you know, if you're going to build at the current site, not specifically on the footprint of the stadium, but if you're going to build right there in Orchard Park within that area, I cannot imagine that the Bills are building a stadium without a lease going forward through that period of time. So the only reason you would be going to Penn State or, or you know, Toronto or whatever for those two years would be because you're building on that site. I mean, I come from near Philly. They, they built all those stadiums in the same place. You know, when they yeah. tore the vet down, they were building the link. You know, when they were built, they tore down the spectrum, but they had already built the new stadium. It was almost like hopscotch. Like, they built build a stadium in the parking lot, then tore the old one down. They built a stadium in the parking lot, tore the old one down. I mean, that's what they did, and they never had to play in any other location at the time. To me, that makes the most sense. I don't know if there's some particular reason that they would feel the need to be on that exact same footprint to be in Orchard Park. I mean, obviously, you heard you know, your county executive comes out and says, hey, hold on a second, we don't have a deal. Well, of course they don't have a deal right now. This, what we reported was that this was the Bills' plan going forward. They obviously have to work this out. But i got to tell you, at this time, to have two years where the Bills are playing in another place would be brutal. Yeah. I mean, at, at this team, this current team to be playing in at Penn State or playing, I know people can still go. I know it's not that far away. But, you know, there were a few other Bills teams that you'd have been fine with them playing yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> Not this team, not this team at all. So I think that's got to be almost like a last resort kind of thing that if for whatever reason they can't make it work, I I don't think it'll be that way, but I guess you, you don't know. I don't know enough of the specifics of the, of the, 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 the temporary plans, stuff. right? Yeah. Yes. The temporary and saying to do that. But I would say this. like I said, for people who want to renovate, if they were to renovate you're not in that stadium. There's no way it would. Be, it would take five years to get it done, if you if you did it in pieces or did it like the patchwork that they did a few years ago.
1: Mike, um, you are a Philly sports fan, and yeah. um, obviously the exit from the playoffs in the NBA was a as not a Philly fan. I'm a I'm a big NBA fan, but I you know and I. I don't really have a like an emotional and or like a hatred or even particular like I'm just sort of blah on the Sixers but I find them to be right now as it stands the most interesting team in the NBA for the sole reason of what they do with Ben Simmons moving forward. Yeah. And like the position that they, that that Daryl Morey was in early this season when the talks were, you know, do they trade Simmons for Harden? Does that make sense? And basically Morey said, eh, "He's off limits. He's not tradable and it doesn't matter who you're sending us back in return." You know, when you look back at that, how much could that decision end up, you know, potentially bringing this franchise back? And 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 how confident are you that like Ben Simmons is is a guy that you can still build around making the money that he's making, considering the guy just cannot shoot?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's as much he can't shoot. It's that he has not shot. And, I mean, he can score. And they've seen him be much more aggressive at times. I I don't know. It is such an oddity when you look at Ben Simmons. People who don't watch the NBA, and you must hear these people, and they say nobody passes, nobody plays defense, it's all this. And he's 180 degrees the opposite. Too far yeah. the opposite. I mean, the guy plays phenomenal on-the-ball, help defense. Uh, he is pass-first. That team desperately needs three-point shooting, and without his creation of the shots, they wouldn't get him. They don't have an off-the-dribble three-point shooter. So sometimes when people say they got, he's got to shoot, you, you don't want Ben Simmons shooting a 12-footer. You want him finding Steph Curry for a three-pointer. Because if you can't get the threes, you're not winning in this league. Yeah. You have to shoot the three. So he creates so much. It's a frustration as a fan to see a guy so talented. And, you know, he came into this league, and the question was, could this guy play defense?
1: <laughs> he, right. Played, and that no, is not the question and, anymore. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> just, and yeah. You know, he
2: does that. Now, I will say this. First of all, total misnomer. Stephen A. Smith's of the world who pretend they know what goes on in Philly. Ben Smith got tremendous support in Philly or Ben Simmons did tremendous support in Philly playing there. Now they're mad at him now, and they have a right to be, because it looked like he was shot on offense. Just, I mean, the last game he had, what, 15 assists, and Trey Young couldn't, you know, didn't beat him with his shooting. But regardless of that, he wasn't doing it. So he has to work on that. Ben Simmons doesn't want to leave, doesn't want to get traded. You know, so if you're at this point, if you're him, he doesn't need to become an offensive player. I mean it's such a honestly it's frustrating because it is such a small move up for him to just become part of the offense more regularly and I 'm not just on that passing I'm talking about shooting, you know making foul shots, all those things very attainable for somebody with his physical ability I, it's mental I mean I think he got to the point where he just he just was On that side of the ball, shot offensively, and it has to change. Will they be able to do it? I don't know. I do think selling low on Ben Simmons would be an idiotic move for the Sixers. They have every reason to give him the opportunity again this offseason, because if he comes back and improves in at least some of those areas and is moving in that direction, they're a better – I mean, they're – they're a contender right away.
1: But do you if think, Mike, it, do you think with Simmons, do you think point guard is the future for him? Because I think I'm I, more along the, the line of thinking that Ben Simmons may best be in that Draymond Green role, which is not a guy that is the primary ball handler, but a guy that can be a 10 points, 14 rebounds, yeah. 9 assists guy with his back to the He's basket right. more. Yeah, yeah, well first first of all he he
2: should be more aggressive with his, he dominates people when he goes in the post because who's guarding him? Right. Not a center guarding him. Right. But the other part is where he's not Draymond Green is he's a much better in the open court player than Draymond Green. So what I would use Ben Simmons for is maybe not the half court shot creator, but off of a miss he pushes the ball. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people just look at stats and they see games and they do whatever but he creates offense for them um, in in his ability to run the floor and you know so he doesn't have to be the point guard i mean if they if they put another point guard on the court you've got to find a better role for him in that half court. Uh, I guess I just look at him as he is he's such a talent if he he's I would tell you that it seems to me like he's a kind of guy that I think has suffered from never being put in this position. Yeah. And this goes all the way back. You know, you play at one of those high schools that you came from Australia. You play at one of those places where, you know, you play a national schedule. He goes to LSU. Team wasn't particularly good, but he plays the one year, and now you're in the NBA. I think that's where guys get hurt not having the experience of maybe even regular high school, regular college basketball, where he just didn't do those things. And, he, and he's been allowed – to sort of get by on all the other things that he does well. But I think he's a desperate player this offseason. Look, if he really wanted to get traded, he could say he could easily do it. They work out a deal. Then they would make a deal and he would be gone. Now, that still might happen. But at the same time, it is interesting that even after all this, I do not They said he was beside himself when they were talking about trading him for the Harden deal. Like, he doesn't want to leave. So, if you're him... You say, okay, Ben, you say to him, you don't want to leave? you got to come back like this. And if you don't, they move them. I think if they they give this a shot, maybe there isn't the right deal, and then you're moving them by the deadline, which is what they almost did this year.
1: Uh, I think, Mike, the best solution for everyone involved um, is finding a way to get Kyle Lowry in there this year. They they missed the opportunity at the trade deadline. I thought that was a big whiff for them. Um, they need to find, whether that's just under the, the salary cap, they they need to figure out a way to get Kyle Lowry in there. Because if you want someone that can run the half-court set, like that yeah. is the guy for me. And, and, and I think you can have a world where Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry exist on the court at the same time, but I think more no so, doubt. you can can have Ben Simmons running sometimes at point with the twos and that second unit that comes in so that maybe Absolutely. you don't have, because here's my thing, I think Simmons and Embiid on the floor at the same time trying to control offense, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So if you can get Lowry and Embiid on the court more on the opportunity and have Simmons sort of running point well, with that second unit, I think that's really the world where, where Philadelphia might become that, that contender for next year.
2: You're right, and and they didn't do him any favors and Daryl Morey's is a great GM, but in that second unit, Ben needs to be surrounded by shooters.
1: Yeah, and, and he was not.
2: And yeah. and they were not. You know, he had Dwight Howard on the court. Like, you know, that doesn't really help him. I will say their starting unit was by far the number one starting unit in the league. They were like a plus 13 yeah, for a hundred possessions. So they can do that. But you're right. And they could bring a guy like Lowry in with enough assets to do it, keeping, you know, Simmons, together. and right. yeah. yeah, they could do it. And then you do it. And then at that point... Then you say, "Okay." And by the way, I think Kyle Lowry's also—he's a Philly guy—and he yep. also has the personality exactly. to say, "Hey, you know, get this." The does isn't it something telling an NBA player he's got to shoot more? Like I mean, seriously, like, that's like telling a wide receiver he wants—he's got to demand more passes. <laughs> like this world doesn't exist, but it does with Ben, and he's he's a. He is. You said interesting. It really is interesting uh, to see what he does. What happens now,
1: Mike? Looking forward to uh, to catching up with you more on Tuesday. We'll uh, we'll, we'll yes. we should have a good time for sure. Thank you so much uh, as always for for being available for me on, on a Saturday afternoon to talk uh, to talk sports. Appreciate you as always, my friend. And like I said, looking forward to uh, to enjoying a beer or two with you on Tuesday.